thought this would be a good morning to preach on the Word of God. I thought this would be a really good morning to preach on the Word of God. Anybody, uh, some of your visitors in here might not know a lot about us, but we are very strong Bible believers. Amen. If somebody asks me, well, what are you? You know, we tend to be, we're Baptists by doctrine, but really we're Bible believers, meaning that we take all our faith comes out of what this book says. And when I say this book, I'm talking about a King James Bible, 1611. And we preach this Bible, and I preach this Bible, and we study this Bible, and a lot of us read this Bible daily. We try to memorize this Bible, and we believe every word of this Bible. Amen. I believe so much of this Bible, I believe, the, I believe the name on the front of this Bible right here. It says Keegan Hall. I believe in that too, right there. But uh, I, I want to preach this morning on God's Word. Psalm 119, verse 89. Sister, I'm going to put this under here for right now. Psalm 119, verse 89. We'll start here. Psalm 119, verse 89. Now, if you know anything about Psalms 119, the whole chapter is the longest chapter in the Bible. The whole chapter is about the Word of God. If you haven't read that, you need to go home and try the best of your ability. Just read. Read eight verses of it a day if, if that's all you want to get out of it. But you need to read this chapter. It tells you everything you need to know about the Word of God, and it's all about the Word of God. But look at verse 89. We'll focus on this verse here in verse 89. Forever, forever, O Lord, thy Word is settled in heaven forever i'm here to tell you god's words are forever and that's something you need to realize and we're going to see if we can grab a hold of this about god's word this morning that god's words are forever not just for a little while not just uh not just for uh 30 years 50 years a thousand years two thousand years not for ten thousand years not for a million years God's words are forever. And it says, verse 89, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. So verse 89 says, forever. Now forever, that's a long time. <laughs> that's a long, forever is a long time. But see, when God says forever, he's not like man. And the Bible tells us God's not like man. He's not a liar. And man's a liar. I don't know how many of y'all have had a, a loved one write you a little note. Maybe you were in, in grade school and you had some little, you had a girlfriend or boyfriend that wrote you a little note, I love you forever. Right? And they'd write in there, I love you forever. And then a week later, they had a new boyfriend, you know. And they'd already forgotten about you. You know, that love didn't last forever, did it? You know, that's, you know a lot of men and women like to, like to use the word forever, but we really don't have the authority to say that. I mean, I can say I love my wife forever, but I really don't have the authority to say that. I don't know what God's going to do in my life, what my God, God might do to her. He might split. I don't know what's going to happen. But I know when God says forever, it's a long time. Forever is ever with the Lord. And I want to, fo I want to focus there on this verse where he says, Thy word is settled in heaven. So God's word forever is settled. It's forever settled. Now, settled means it's not going to change. Now, we use that word when we, 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 we might have some kind of disagreement where you want to go to eat and say, well, I want to go here to eat. Well, I don't want to go here. Well, let's flip a coin for it. So you flip that coin and whatever it lands on, what happens? You say, well, it's landed on heads. We're going to go eat here at this Mexican restaurant. That settles it. And it doesn't change, right? Unless your wife changes her mind. And that. But the point is, is that we say that settles it. That settles it. It's settled. It's not wishy-washy. 
And what you have with the Word of God, is once it's settled, it's not wishy-washy. It's not going to change. It's not going to float around. It's not, not one day God's going to show up and say, well, I've changed my mind about this. When God settles something, it's settled. It settles up. And I, that's why, because the world's not settled about anything. I thought we settled 6,000 years ago that a man is a man and a woman is a woman. But somehow or another, we're living in 2018, and that's not settled in the world's mind. I thought we settled a long time. I, I remember when I was in high school that they settled their mind that eggs were bad for you. And now they're saying well, eggs might be good for you. I thought eggs gave you bad, were bad for your cholesterol. Now they're saying eggs might be good for you. And then one week, uh, coffee's good for you. And then the next week, coffee's bad for you. They can't settle their mind. But with God, God's settled about stuff. And His Word is settled forever. And when He settles something, it's settled. It's settled. It's set. It's settled. And notice it says, For thy word is settled, is settled in heaven. Not, not here on earth where you can get a hold of it and change it. See, this isn't settled down at the courthouse where somebody can break into the courthouse and they can get a hold of those words and they can change this word and that word and they can move this around and that word. God says, this word is settled in heaven. See, it's settled in heaven. It's not, and see, when something's up in heaven, God's in control of it. Even the devil can't get up there and change it. He's tried, right? He tried, but he got kicked out. He got kicked out of heaven. And when he's down on earth, that's when he came to Adam and Eve. He said, are you sure that's what God said? And he tried to unsettle them, see? He tried to unsettle them what God really said. But in God, with God, with the word of God, forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled. Amen. See, that word settled is so beautiful, guys. It's, it's settled. It's sitting there firm. It's right there. It's not going to move. It's not going to change. See, that, that when, uh, whenever you go to your mom or your dad when you're a kid and you'd say, uh, well, I really want to go here. I really want to go to my friend's house. And my mom would get mad at me. She said, my mind's already settled on it. That's done. It's settled. And I knew I better back off. I'm not going to change your mind. God's word's like that. When God says in his Bible, I love thee, I love thee, I'll never forsake thee. I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's settled. That's not something for you to argue about. So you've got to understand, when you got this word, the doctrine of salvation in Jesus Christ, that, that's settled with me. See, that's settled. I know Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. That, that argument's settled. When somebody comes up and argues with me, well, I think there's many ways. My mind's settled about it. The Word of God has settled on that. Amen. I mean, a long, 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ settled that. And He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Amen. Well, that settles that. The things I'm settled about with the God's Word, about salvation, about you're saved by grace, not of works. That stuff's settled. That's not going to change. You've got to understand what you've got in your lap. This thing is not going to change. What God promised you is not going to change. It's settled. He's already got it settled. And it's not settled down here where somebody can get a hold of it. It's settled up in heaven where nobody can change it. Those promises that you've got, those promises of heaven, those promises of glory, those promises of a mansion that we were singing about, those promises of He's never going to leave thee nor forsake thee, those promises of eternal life, all that thing, that's settled, guys. You should be settled as a Christian of you know where you're going to go. No matter what's going to happen. You know, I'm not a good Christian. And that might surprise y'all to hear me say, I'm not a very good Christian. But I am settled about when I know when I die, I know where I'm going to go. 
That's settled. I mean, my mind's settled about that. I have no doubt about it. That's settled because God's word is settled. See that? God's word is settled, and it's settled up in heaven. Look at Isaiah chapter 40. Let's look at another one of these. Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8. Forever, God's word is forever settled. I'm going to show you another one. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8. I'm so thankful for that. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8. The Bible says, the word of God says, The grass withereth, the flower fadeth away, or the flower fadeth. But the word of our God shall stand forever. (laughs) Woo, yes, sir. Our God shall stand. The word of our God shall stand forever. So it's not only forever settled. Guys, it's forever standing. It's forever standing. Now notice it says, The grass withereth, the flower fadeth away, but the word of our God shall, shall stand forever. You notice that sometimes it's not what the Bible says, it's what it doesn't say. It doesn't say it might stand forever, or maybe it's going to stand forever. When God says it's a shall, it's a shall, my friend. Well, up here, you read this up here with me. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you'll call on the name of Jesus Christ, you'll be saved. It doesn't say might be saved, may be saved. You shall be saved. The word of our God shall stand forever. It's not only forever settled, the word of God is forever standing. That's an amazing thought, guys. It's standing. See, when you leave this church, some of y'all leave this church, y'all walk out the front porch, look at that oak tree out there. That oak tree was standing before y'all were born, and that's going to be standing after we all die. (laughs) And that should humble you down. That should humble you down. Because see, we think that life is so long and so, we have so many years to go in our life and life is, life is short. And the Bible is real specific about your life is can be short. And we, it humbles you down to think you go out there and you say, look at that. That mountain behind me, it's gonna be, it was standing before I got here and it's going to be standing way after this church is rotted down. It's standing. But after that tree rots down and falls to the ground, the Word of God is still going to be standing. It's going to be standing firm. It's going to be standing tall. You're not going to be able to move it. The Word of God is standing. It's standing, guys. Look, the grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the Word of our God shall stand forever. See, that's, that's something that, it, it's something that's not only settled, but it's standing right there. You're not going to be able to move it. See, settled speaks to you can't change it. And standing speaks to you're not going to move it. You're not going to move the Word of God. You're not going to take the Word of God and move it out of your way. You try to. So many people in the world, they try to take this Word of God and try to move it right out of their life. And what's funny about God is He'll put it right back in your life. It's not going to move. You say, well, I'll just move this right out of there. And you haven't moved nothing. It's still standing. And it's standing tall and it's standing firm. And I thank the Lord for that. Let me show you another one. Look at 1 Peter. Look at 1 Peter. I'm trying to hurry along. I told, I don't, I'm going to make a liar out of Brother Raymond. 1 Peter chapter 1. 
First Peter chapter one, look at verse twenty-three. First Peter chapter one. So we found out the word of God is forever settled. We found out that the word of God is forever standing. Let's look at another one of these. First Peter chapter one, verse twenty-three. I have a great I have a great love for the Word of God. I read the Word of God, I respect the Word of God, and I, I, I hear preachers, and they just, they have, a, I, I've talked to some preachers, and none, they're none of my friends, but they have this kind of disrespect, to me, they have kind of a disrespect for the Word of God. And they talk about, they haven't, opened, they, probably, they haven't opened their Bible all week long, and they're on the way to church, they're on the way to church, and this one pr- preacher was telling me this, he goes, well, I get my sermon together on, on the way from home to church. And I'll open up my Bible, and my wife will be driving, and I'll look and find something in my Bible. And then I get to church, and I'll, 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 I'll read that message and read that scripture, and then I'll try to preach that. And that's where I get my message. To me, I think that's disrespecting the Word of God. I think a preacher, a pastor should be just living in the Word of God. You can ask my wife, it takes me, this sermon like, a sermon like this, you think, well, that don't, it takes me hours and hours and hours of studying the Word of God, of getting into the Word of God. I have a deep respect for the Word of God. And it amazes me how people have no respect for the Word of God. There was a preacher there in Coleman, Texas. He would, on a regular basis, get up on a Sunday morning and not even open his Bible. If you're not preaching the Word of God, what are you doing? <laughs> what, nobody wants to hear my opinions. Nobody wants to hear my philosophy. Nobody wants to, you know, nobody wants to hear that. I, I come here to hear the word of God. I come here to hear what God has to say. Because see, Kigan's mind cannot be settled. Kigan's mind can change. And it has. And sometimes I don't stand firm. But the word of God is settled. It doesn't change. The word of God is standing. It's never going to be moved. You need to stand on the word of God. You need to be settled in the word of God. Not in what your pastor says. Not on what your denomination teaches. Not on what the government tells you. You need to be standing and settling in what the Word of God says. That's never going to change. The Bible says that's forever. Why are you trusting in other things? Why are you trusting in what the government says or what your pastor says or what your mom or grandmother taught you or what the denomination you're going to? Why are you trusting in any of that nonsense? It's about what the Word of God says. Did we not find out in our Sunday school teaching over and over again that the Roman Catholic Church has deceived their people? Amen. Amen. They've deceived their people. There's good people. There's very, very holy, righteous Catholic people, Roman Catholics. And they love God. But they've been deceived. Well, how did they get deceived, Brother Keegan? Somewhere along the way, their church took their Bible away from them. And says, I'll tell you what it says. I'll tell you what it means. And we don't want you to have a Bible. And, come, and it, people like us came along with a Bible. Bible believers says, you need to read your Bible, what the Bible really says about Mary. Amen. What did Jesus Christ really say about Mary? What did, you need to read. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings this morning. I'm not trying to get you upset. I'm trying to open the truth to you. Jesus Christ said that you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Jesus Christ said, sanctify them through thy word, through thy truth. Thy truth, thy word is truth. It's all about this word. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth 
and abideth forever. Amen. Listen, guys. Jesus Christ said in John chapter 3 to Nicodemus, He said, Ye must be born again. You've got to have a second birth. You've got to have a spiritual birth. You got your first birth with your mother, Jesus Christ said, but you've got to have a second birth. You must be born again. And it says, being born again, not of corruptible seed. You're not born of something you can find on this earth. This is a spiritual, but incorruptible. By the word of God. If you're in here this morning and you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you're a born-again Christian, you're born again because somewhere, somehow, somebody preached this word. And shown you what this Bible says. Now they might not have opened up a Bible. They might have just told you. But they should have eventually opened a Bible. So let me show you what Jesus said. And let, me, and let me show you. Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17. It's all about this word of God. But see, when I have an opinion about religion, I don't give you my opinion. I give you what the Bible says. When somebody's arguing with you, well, I don't really believe that, you say, well, that's what the Bible says. Put it on the Bible, guys. Don't, don't argue with somebody. Well, I think you're stupid. Well, I mean, it might be stupid, but it's what the Bible says. Put it back on this book. Look, this book will take care of itself. Do you understand? This book is forever settled. This book is forever standing. This book will take care of itself. I'm telling you, this book is alive. Look, it's incorruptible, but of un- incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Amen. That's a long time. Forever, it's alive. Amen. Don't turn there, but in Hebrews chapter 4, the Bible says, for the word of God is quick. That means it's quickening, it's alive. And powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow. And listen to this, guys. And talking about this word of God, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12. You know what that verse just told you? What this verse right here told you. It's living which liveth and abideth forever. You know what that verse says right there? And what Hebrews 4.12 says? This book is alive. Amen. It's not only holy, guys. It's alive. That should scare you. Amen. The Bible is the most unique book in the world. Amen. What that Hebrews 4.12 told you that when you open up this Bible and you're reading, when you're reading it, it's reading you. Ooh, we were talking about the number of the beast this morning and all the ways that it's hidden in symbols and all this stuff like that about the Antichrist. And so many of us are worried about the Antichrist. Oh, where's the Antichrist? You should be worried about that living thing you have in your lap. Why should you be scared about it? Because see, the Bible says, and the word of God is a discerner of the thoughts. When you're opening up this Bible, when you're reading it, it knows what you're thinking. It's reading you. An intense of the heart. Not only does it know your heart, not only does it know what you're thinking when you come and read this book, it knows what you're thinking about it 
and it knows what, what kind of attitude you have. You ever wonder why so many cults, Jehovah's Witness, Mormons, they can have, they quote scriptures out of this book? Because see, if you go into this book with the, with the wrong attitude, God will let you destroy yourself with this book. Yeah. He'll let you send your soul to hell by messing with this book. It's sharper than any two-edged two -edged sword. It not only cuts this way, guys, it'll cut right back on you. It's a two-edged sword. You don't think, you know, some of y'all say, oh, Brother, I've had y'all say, oh, Brother Keegan, you were preaching and you stepped on my toes. Guys, you don't think this thing don't step on my toes? I just told you I spend hours and hours and hours in this book. You think I don't spend hours in this book and I don't read through there and say, ooh, I'd like to just take this page and rip it out. I don't like that. And I'll go through here and say, oh, Lord, why'd you have to say that? I, I don't like that either. But you know what I know in my heart? I could take this pen right here and I can say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to just, I don't like that verse and I'm just going to mark that out of my Bible. But you know what I know in my heart? It don't do no good to mark it out. <laughs> it's alive. Amen. And it's not only alive, it abideth forever. Amen. When I'm long gone, this book's still going to be around. Amen. And it's not only living and abiding, it's settled forever and it's standing firm. Standing forever. Man, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to scare you a little bit and let you wake you up. Jesus Christ said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. Amen. Heaven and earth. So we know this earth is... But when you go out at nighttime and you look up at the stars, I love to do this, especially out here, brother. Come out to Ronnie's Ranch, man, the stars are just... It's just there's trillions of them up there. And you're looking at all those stars... And they could, there's trillions of them, they all could just start blinking out. And they all could just go out and just explode after millions and billions of years. It's all just burn out. Jesus Christ said, the word of God shall never pass away. Amen. <laughs> now you know why I lift this book up all the time. Now you know why I preach this book all the time. Now you know why I let the Gideons come in here all the time. Amen. Now you know why I pass an offering plate only one time a year. Because I think it's that important. Because <laughs> I think if you have respect and love for this book, God will have respect and love for you. Amen. It liveth and abideth forever. Let's look at the last one. Verse 24. For all flesh is grass... And all the glory of man as a flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. All your sports stars, all your celebrities, they're all going to just wither away. When I was growing up, there was nobody, I mean nobody, that was more popular than Michael Jordan. That man was so popular that everybody called him Mike and knew exactly who you were talking about. Mike. With, with, with how many, there's probably a billion Mikes in the world. But you could say Mike when I was in, my, in, the, in the 1980s and everybody knew you were talking about Michael Jordan. He had, he had shoes that everybody wanted. That guy could dunk the ball. He played basketball like I wanted to play. Man, I, everybody I knew wanted to be Michael Jordan. Nobody cares about Michael Jordan anymore. Now it's a LeBron James. He's better than Michael. That's what they're arguing. Oh, he's a lot better than Michael Jordan ever thought about being. You know what will happen in about 10 years? LeBron will fall away and somebody else will take it. They're all, that's life. <laughs> Amen, that's life. 
All these people think they're so important and nobody cares. And in 10, 20, 25 years, it's all going to fade away. Nobody cares. Nobody cares really about you but Jesus Christ. Amen. You think you're so important, you're not that important. Nobody's that important. All flesh, look, for all flesh is a... All flesh, the Bible said all, not some flesh. All flesh, kings and presidents and senators and rich doctors and lawyers are living in these mansions and, you know, they're living in these high-class mansions, driving around Jaguars and Lamborghinis, and you think, man, I wish I could be just like them. They're just like you. They're both going to wind up in a grave. Yeah. They're all flesh. So don't be caught up in all that stuff. It's all going to fall away. Verse 24, but look at verse 25. But the word... Of the Lord endureth forever. Amen. Forever settled, forever standing, forever living and abiding, and forever enduring is the Word of God. It's forever enduring. <laughs> enduring is a word that speaks to somebody who's been beat, somebody that's been attacked. Somebody that's been under attack and beat and burned and whipped and somebody's tried to destroy him or it. And you know what happens? It endures. It endures. When it's being punished, whenever it's been going through everything it's going through, it endures. Some of y'all don't know who Voltaire is. Voltaire was a heathen, atheist writer that hated the Bible. And he said, he said in 1776, Voltaire said, A hundred years from my day there will not be a Bible in the earth. except one that is looked upon as some kind of antique by the curiosity seeker. Well, let's see. That was 1776. This is uh, 2018. I think it endured. Amen. I think it endured. Voltaire said, It took 12 men to start Christianity, but one will destroy it, talking about himself. That's what he said. That very year he said that he died. And Christianity is still as strong as it ever was in 2018. <laughs> Robert Ingersoll said, In 15 years I will have this Bible, have this book in the morgue. He'd get up and preach that. Robert Ingersoll would get up and preach that. He said, In 15 years I'm going to have the Bible in the morgue. And he believed it. Y'all know what I'm about to say, right? In 15 years that guy was in the morgue. <laughs> and the Bible was enduring. It endured. In the 1800s, there was a man by the name of General Lew Wallace. General Lew Wallace was a territorial governor. He was a former U.S. senator. And he wanted to disprove the Bible, and he went out to try to disprove the Bible. And when he got to trying to disprove the Bible, guess what happened to him? Just like most people who are tr truthful like that, he gets saved. <laughs> he became a Christian. And you know what happened when he tried to disprove this Bible? He found out this Bible to be true. He's, what, he's the one that wrote the, the story of Ben-Hur. Y'all heard of Ben-Hur? Yeah. He's the one that wrote that. So he tried to go out and he tried to attack this Bible. He tried to destroy this Bible. And he found out this thing is enduring. Amen. It's not going anywhere. This Bible's not going to go anywhere. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached to you. People have tried to burn the people that read this Bible. They've tried to burn us that read this Bible. They try to kill us that, that, that look up to this Bible, and we still endure. Amen. They can kill us. They can burn us. They can throw us in jail. And I think that time's coming in America where they're going to throw you in jail for having a Bible because this is hate literature. 
Because this Bible goes against everything they believe. It's, this thing is very, very, very narrow-minded. God is very narrow-minded in their eyes. There has to be more than one way. There can't only just be one way. And God is very narrow-minded. Jesus Christ said, broad is the gate into destruction, but narrow is the way into life. And that, that narrow way is Jesus Christ. Amen. The very, very narrow way. And they can burn it, and they can try to destroy it, but it's still enduring. Amen. It's still enduring. You realize they've tried to destroy it, right? I just read you two or three men that tried to destroy this Bible. You know they hate you, right? They've tried to destroy it. They've tried, and they've tried, and they've burned it, and they've tried to ban it. And what happens in China when they tried to ban this Bible? They snuck Bibles in. The more they try to destroy it, the stronger it gets. Amen. That's because it's alive. And it's settled. And it's standing. And my friend, if you're in this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is how you need to get saved. Amen. Let me read it to you right here. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. The reason why I have such authority to be able to stand up here and tell you that you need Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior is because of this book right here. Because as, as I've studied this book and I've studied this book and I've studied this book, you know what I found out about this thing? I'm just like General Lou Wallace and uh, you can Lee Strobel or anybody else you can think of. As long as I, the more I've studied this book, I found out to be true. Amen. And I found out this thing is settled. This thing is firm. It is standing. This thing is amazing. The Bible says, I, and I stand in awe of thy word. I stand in awe of this book. And I can tell you by the authority of this Bible that Jesus Christ said that you need to believe on him to get to heaven. Amen. He said, you must be born again. And in the same chapter, he said, he that believeth on me is not condemned. You want to not be condemned when you stand before God? You need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But he went on to say that he that believeth not in the Son of God is condemned already. Because he's not believing in, in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So if you don't believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're condemned already. That means you're going to hell. That's not a popular word, but that's a word out of this book. That's, that's a Bible word that people don't like, hell. But this book is full of that word. And this book is not only alive, it's not only abiding, it's not only true, but it's a warning. It's a warning to you. God loves you enough to warn you, to send His Son down here, to die for you, and to warn you that without His Son Jesus Christ paying for your sins, you're going to go to hell. You need to be born again. And here it says, And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. So let me close by saying this. What is the gospel? The gospel is simply this. It's that Jesus Christ died for your sins according to the scripture. Amen. Jesus Christ died for you according to... In other words, he went to the cross. He didn't have to. He could have had 12 legions of angels right there. But he told Peter, I've got to go to the cross and die. This world needs a savior. It needs to have their sins forgiven. The, the gospel is the scripture, that Jesus Christ died according to the scripture, that he rose again on the third day. 
So the gospel is that Jesus Christ died for your sins, that he went into the grave, he died, and he came up the third day. Here's the gospel message in a nutshell according to the Bible. I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. Jesus Christ walked on this earth. He came down and he's God manifest in the flesh. And he told everybody, you're going to hell. And you need to repent. And he said, you can't do it. I'm going to have to go die for your sins. And he was that Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. And he said, I'm going to prove to you that I, that I am who I am because I am the resurrection. And as he died and he came up the third day, he gave the gospel message to the disciples. He said, go out and spread this to the whole world. And it's been spreading for 2,000 years. It spread all the way out here to Indian Gap Baptist. It spread all the way out here to where some bald-headed preacher's out here preaching about Jesus Christ 2,000 years later, holding up a Bible. But see, what makes Jesus so special is that he's alive. So when I'm asking you to call upon the name of the Lord to be saved, I'm not asking you to call on a religion. I'm not asking you to call on a philosophy or some kind of idea or some kind of pie-in-the-sky God. I'm, I'm asking you to call out on Jesus Christ who's alive and can hear you. Amen. And when I'm up here preaching about Jesus Christ, it's because I know He's alive in my heart. Amen. And He saved me, just like I want you to be saved. And we're about to give an invitation for salvation. This is an invitation to join this church or to come down and get baptized. Or This is an invitation to, to act for you to come down and to get saved if you need to get saved. If you're out there and you say, I don't know if I was to die tonight. I'm not settled in my mind if I'd go to heaven or hell. Well, the Bible says you can be settled. The Bible says you may know you have eternal life. And if you're not for sure, you say, well, man, if I passed away, I don't know. You can know. And this is the opportunity to give you a chance to know. So that when you leave these, this building this, this morning, you can leave and you can have that weight lifted off. And you say, no matter what happens to me, I know everything's going to be okay. Amen. Sister Colleen, she gave me that testimony. She told me, she said, when I left that meeting, when I left that meeting I, with my mom, she said, I knew that no matter what happened to me, I knew everything's going to be okay. And now she's going through a storm that nobody would ever want to go through. But as she's in that storm, she's not in that storm alone. She's in the storm with Jesus Christ. And she gave that testimony. Y'all heard it out of her own mouth. She's in that storm, but she has Jesus Christ as her rock. And that's settled. No matter what the Lord decides to do with her, it's settled. It's heaven waiting. It's all good news. But it only... Is because of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's not because of anybody else. We're up here preaching Jesus Christ. We're not up here preaching the Gideons. We're not up here preaching the Baptists. We're not up here preaching about brothers. We're up here preaching Jesus Christ. Amen. And I want to tell you, if you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, please, please, don't leave this building without knowing Jesus Christ. Boy, what a sad day this is going to be. Boy, I, I'm dreading it. I'm dreading it. Now the Bible doesn't, it doesn't say the tears are wiped away until way later. We're going to be at the judgment. There's going to be some people that I warned about. Hell. And as Jesus Christ calls them up there and starts telling them, and I'm going to be back behind Jesus Christ as he's judging them, and there's going to be tears. I warned them. I warned him, man, you just receive Jesus Christ. Please take Jesus Christ, your Lord. That's all you have to do. And they wouldn't listen. 
And they went their own way. And there's going to come a day where they're going to stand, and I'm going to have to stand there with them. I'm going to have to watch them be judged for their sins and be cast into a devil's hell. Nobody wants to see anybody go to hell. Please, please don't leave this church without knowing Jesus Christ. Why would you not take... What has Jesus Christ done wrong? How can you judge him a sin? Oh, they might not like him, but what has he ever done wrong? What can they say he done wrong? All he did is show love. He changed the whole world without a sword, without a gun. He didn't hate anybody. He just gave the truth. And he loves you enough to die for you. What a Savior. If it was anything less, I wouldn't be up here this morning. But he's worthy of everything that I do for him. He's worthy for this brother to go to Africa. He's worthy for everything. He's just that good. Dear Heavenly Father, I know I didn't do a very good job, Lord, of bringing your word, Father, but I just pray, Lord, that there's somebody underneath the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, Father, as we give this invitation, they'll come on down and get saved. And Lord, I know they're in something, some kind of magical thing. There's no lightning bolt going to come out of the sky, Lord God, but there is a spiritual working that you do. That a man or a woman, if they're willing to put their faith in Jesus Christ, Lord, that their heart will know it. And those sins will be lifted off. And they'll have that joy that only you can give them. Now, Father, as we give this invitation, Father, I ask that your Holy Spirit move among us. Speaking to any man or woman in here that doesn't know Jesus Christ, Lord, as their Lord and Savior. And, Father, I just pray that, Lord, you'll give them the opportunity, Father, to walk down this aisle. And I'm praying all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.